0: Begin. Hello everyone.
1: I am not ready. Letting you know we are going live. Oh, we are already live. This is the Media Boat Podcast. We are live on YouTube. Search Media Boat Podcast to find us on YouTube anytime, but specifically on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific, which it is right now. It is February the 28th, the last day of February 2018. This is episode 112. The Media Boat Podcast is your source. For news about movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order, my name is Matt, his name is Mike.
0: Whoa, look out, I'm Mike, he's Matt. Look out! You're Mike. Look out, because here I come, Uh, winning the Oscars to the beat of this drum. Yes,
1: this is our pre-Oscar podcast. We know a lot of movie stuff to talk about. But before all that, did you see any movies this week?
0: Oh, did I see any movies this week? Actually, you see any movies? This yes, week? I did. You did. Uh, I saw
1: movies. Yes, we have a couple, a couple to talk about. Actually, maybe I should have turned myself up here. <laughs> maybe you should. Yeah. Uh, so I know that you saw uh, Annihilation with Natalie Portman.
0: Yes. So I saw Annihilation. Was
1: your brain annihilated? Uh,
0: yes. Yes. Actually. Okay. Uh, the visual effects in this movie are stunning, and um, rightly so, because they're from the same guy that did Ex Machina. Checks out. And that thing won the Oscar for special effects. It sure did. Uh, however, um, this thing is also being internationally distributed by Netflix. Let's not forget that. However, that has nothing to do with what I saw or what I thought of. We just thought I'd throw that in there yeah, uh, for yeah, all international know, audiences.
1: Extra information.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but this movie is actually a really good sci-fi film, and it just raises the bar on like what all sci-fi films should be cool and could be. Uh, which is surprising because it's a female like led and starring uh, sci-fi film.
1: Surpri- not surprising that it is as strong as it is. Surprising that the studios made it. Yes, I think it's probably what you should mean there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: our the the, the one uh, you know main guy is Oscar Isaac's. But that's because right. he's worked with him before. Right. Uh, what's the director's name? Drew, not Drew Goddard. Andrew, is it Dave or something?
1: I don't know. More.
0: I know I wrote it down. If you can read my review on madebowpodcast.com. You sure can. But, uh, just real briefly about Annihilation, this movie is stunning to look at. There's plenty of scenes in this film that will freak you the fuck out. <laughs> uh, of the language. Actually, not it's explicit. Uh <laughs> But you ain't yeah. got
1: to censor yourself.
0: Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, th- there's a lot of great visuals and stuff, uh, both practical and visual effects. Um, there's one scene in particular right in the middle that is just going to haunt my nightmares for years to come, and I didn't think that something like that could exist, would exist, <laughs> and now that I know that someone somewhere has made this thing, it's like, uh, you have raised the bar on creepiness.
1: <laughs> Good. <laughs>
0: But, uh, yeah, this is actually a really good film if you're a really strong fan of the sci-fi genre. If you're not, it may actually end up losing you halfway through the film, and especially towards the end. Because it doesn't feel like it deserves its ending, and yet the more you think about it, the more it does deserve the ending that it gave you. Mm. Because I walked out of that film thinking, like, like halfway through I thought, like, one, where are they going to go? And two, how's this ending going to wrap everything up? And then when it, like, it didn't give me what I wanted, and yet it gave me exactly what I needed.
1: <laughs> so you did, You may not get what you want, but you got what you need. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, about the, the walking out thing, That's uh, I had heard through some things that people were walking out of theaters in this movie. It sounds like they just didn't know what it was.
0: Yeah, because uh, this thing is being billed as Natalie Portman in Anni- yeah. from the guy who did Ex Machina in Annihilation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it sounds it's... like
1: a super action heavy thing, but from what I understand, it's not really that.
0: No, it's more of a sci-fi mystery film.
1: Yeah, it's more psychological than it is. Boom, 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 blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> My favorite genre. Of boom, boom, blah, blah. Boom, boom, blah, blah.
0: You sound like you're shooting guns with the president. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Brat,
1: brat, brat. <laughs> Anyways.
0: Anyways, yeah. Uh, if yeah, definitely worth checking out. Uh, if when it gets on streaming, definitely check it out. Uh, I want to say go out and see this in theaters because it's going to help box office and going to help films like this get made. But I also know this is not a film for everybody. Sure,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, so... Know that going in. Yeah, know that going in. You may not enjoy this film, but if you're a fan of sci-fi, it could be exactly what you're looking for.
1: Cool.
0: Uh, and, yeah. So... So on so the s-
1: patented medium-out scale... This is a definite stream it. Okay. Just in case, so that yeah. way you know you can try it. If this is not something that you care for, then you're not you're not out some money, right? Uh, that's that's probably the best. Yeah. Uh, but you didn't only see Annihilation. You also saw uh, Game Night. Yes, starring f- Jason Bateman and others.
0: Yes. So I saw Date Night. No, Game Night.
1: No, no, no. Date Night is the movie with Tina Fey and Steve Carell, and it's not very good.
0: I know, but that's more like drinking Game Night because it's a terrible movie. They. Date- <laughs> Uh, Game Night is more of a date night film than, uh, an actual, like, game-related movie. Uh, it's, well, one, I really enjoy, uh, Jason Bateman and Rachel Lake Adams. They play well off each other. Yeah. And so does, um, Kyle Chandler in this film. He's a pleasant surprise in the comedy-ish genre. Uh, because he's done a lot of serious roles, you know, Coach Taylor, uh, Barn or Ozarks. Or whatever uh, Ozark. No, no, Ozark is Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Bloodlines is Bloodlines. Uh, yes, is Kyle Chandler. You're right. Right. Uh, yeah, and he also plays like a lot of cops, a lot of like serious roles. But it's nice to see him like like break loose and have fun. Yeah. Uh, in this film, but yeah, uh, the reason I say that's a def- it's date night because the romance in this film and the compatibility like factor is cranked up to eleven, and it's definitely a main plot point in this film to where. It definitely feels more like a like you should take someone to go see this film. Uh, it's actually like on a date night-esque type of thing. Cool. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of something for everyone. Uh, a little bit of comedy for the guys, comedies for the girls. There's I was a good
1: couple-y. a little bit about how, off the podcast, you talked a little bit about how you were impressed with some of the direction. Oh, yeah, I was getting there. Yeah, because I, I was fascinated by this when oh. you were talking about how how it almost is game-like in its presentation. Oh,
0: yeah. The, so, so the director, the cinematographer, and the production team had a lot of fun uh, creating uh, Game Night because, one, Tilt Shift is ple- ple- pleasantly used yeah. throughout the film yeah. uh, because it looks like Game pieces. Makes everything look like game pieces. Yeah. Um, with a centered focus and then everything else kind of just blur, slowly blurs out so everything looks like game pieces. Uh, that and then there's a there's one scene in the middle which uh, utilizes everyone in a teamwork environment and is also a long take which I like in films. Right. Uh, especially utilized like this because it shows that even though it is game night that they can that they are friends and they're all like Compatible with each other and like know what everyone's thinking can uh, bounce off each other very well. So it's not like some like like if it doesn't feel like strangers like trying to work together or like meeting for the first time. It's you know compatibility, which definitely sells uh, sells it sells that. That's good. Yeah, and that's really good. And just a lot of um, other small things that like hint at other games. Uh, like, like Clue, Monopoly, uh, Scrabble, stuff like that. Hmm, so fun. it's all hinted at and, and then like alluded to other games during game night. But it also doesn't distract from the real game, which is a murder mystery right. party.
1: Cool. Yeah. So
0: two good movies this week. Actually, yeah. Both were actually surprisingly good.
1: So on your media about scale, what would you give this one?
0: Um, you can have fun seeing it by yourself. But this is definitely, like, a date night. We're going to stay in and, like, order a pizza. Yeah. So stream it, rent it, but definitely don't watch this by yourself. It's definitely more of a date night thing.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, did you watch anything else this week? Uh, film-wise, I did watch Ratatouille. And that's a perfect segue. I was <laughs> hoping you were going to say that because that's the only thing I watched this week. But also... <laughs> It's a perfect segue into plugging something uh, that we just started doing. Yes. So, it is the month of March, and that means it's time for brackets. A lot of people like doing their March Madness-esque brackets about things that aren't college basketball teams. And we do one, too. Last year, we did one for the Disney Animated canon. Yep. Uh, And this year, we decided to do a similar uh, uh, Madness uh, show kind of side podcast for you guys on the same podcast feed mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Pixar films. So we've already start, uh, started uh, recording them. The first episode will go up on Thursday, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, March 1st. And we will be going down chronologically through the Pixar films to try to rank them. And by I mean, rank them as in what are the best and what are the worst. So we've ranked, we're we going to eventually rank all 19 of the pixar yeah, films there's
0: been 19 films in over the th- course of the 13 of 23 23 years yeah
1: in 23 years 19, 19. In short or movies um even more shorts we're not talking about the shorts
0: well I, uh, I okay well then i i guess because the last film came out last year so technically 22 yeah
1: but anyways <laughs> uh yeah so we are in the midst of that so if that sounds cool for you uh check that out it's going to be on the same feed uh, we don't do live streams of that one, but um, if you're a a, a a subscriber to our uh, iTunes feed, you'll get it on that ma- automatically tomorrow. Um, if you're uh, if you want to join us and listen to our audio version of this podcast, look us up on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Look us up on um, all sorts of uh, other podcast grabbers, and I'm sure you'll find it. Yep. There.
0: Our RSS feed is. In a lot of places.
1: But in the meantime, let's finish with this podcast. Our next thing to talk about, of course, is the weekend box office.
0: And surprise, surprise, number one was yet again Black Panther.
1: Not a surprise at all, of course, for uh, being facetious. Uh, it was expected to at least make $100 million. Well, it surmounted that <laughs> with one of the best second week percentages of all time. I believe it's in the top five. Yes, as for, for superhero movies, it only went down forty-four percent from last week, earning a one hundred and eleven million dollars more. So that was your number one movie, Black right. Panther, of course. Number two, yeah, uh, two side note,
0: yeah, side note for Black Panther worldwide across the seven hundred million mark already. Yep, which already. means next week it's definitely going to hit the one billion. Oh
1: yeah, it's it's going to be quick. Or, yeah. Uh, but, uh, number two, uh usurping uh, uh annihilation, which I thought was going to be the bigger hit. Uh, game night ended up being your number two movie, uh, with seventeen million dollars. Big jump from one hundred eleven. Don't you think?
0: Right, but Matt, date nights. That was a date night movie, so you are pay for
1: two tickets I just instead of one. Figured that the bigger star. Oh, Natalie Portman star. over over Jason Bateman. That was where my money was. Uh, okay. But it didn't, because number three wasn't even Annihilation. Number three was Peter Rabbit making another $12 million. Yes. Annihilation was number four, coming in with $11 million. And rounding up your top five, Fifty Shades Freed, speaking of date night, with another $7 million. <laughs> yes. That was your box office. Next week, your new releases include... Well, this week. Death
0: Witch. Death Wish. Death Wish. Yes, this is a remake starring Bruce Willis as he goes on a killing spree. To avenge his late wife. Basically, uh, it's a revenge flick. Taking justice into your own hands. As, as, as I want to. As you would normally want to in this gun-filled society we are in.
1: <laughs> Ugh. Uh, and also this week, uh, Red Sparrow. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence beating people up movie. Yes. Which she, I'm kind of interested in.
0: Jennifer Lawrence being recruited by the KGB. Yeah. To be a Russian spy. So... Florence with a thick Russian accent
1: maybe or not <laughs> or not uh, I heard uh, earlier reviews have not been glowing
0: I, I would not people expect
1: people are not super happy with that thing yeah I wonder why but we'll see uh, so those are your new releases this weekend so go see those if that sounds fun or just go see Black Panther again uh, moving on to movie new. yeah actually I'm going to see Black Panther again this weekend I still haven't seen it I need to see it the first time yep Uh, your first bit of movie news this week is about Disney. Oh! In celebration of the success of Black Panther, the Walt Disney Company is donating $1 million to the Boys and Girls Club of America to help expand their STEM, which in case you don't know, is science, technology, engineering, and math programs, supporting the high-tech skills that were a major theme in Black Panther. There's a quote here from CEO Bob Iger. He says, It's thrilling to see how inspired young audiences were by the spectacular technology in the film. So it's fitting that we show our appreciation by helping advance STEM programs for youth. So this grant will help establish new STEM centers in 12 communities across the country and hopefully inspire kids and teens. That's a really cool thing they're doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, you haven't seen the movie, but um, it actually goes hand in hand with the ending. Of the film, okay. uh, it's art imitating life imitating art.
1: I mean, really, I mean, it's just it's 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 good to see them using their money for for things that they probably should be using their money for. Oh yeah, especially considering how big this movie was.
0: Also considering how big Disney is, that one million dollars is literally nothing. Not even nothing. a day for Black Panther. <laughs> nothing.
1: So yeah, it's cool that they're doing something uh, for the kids. You know, yeah. for the kids. For the kids. For the kids. For the kids. Uh, next, uh, speaking of Black Panther, or Black Panther tangential news, Ryan Coogler. Uh, which character does he play in uh, Black Panther?
0: He plays the guy behind the camera. You oh. know, the director. My bad.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> He's the director. You're right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, didn't that didn't work at all. You took the you took the bait instead of laughing at my joke. <laughs> Yes, Ryan Coogler is the director of Black Panther, not an actor. Yes.
0: Um,
1: Following the sex... The sex? Following the sex uh, that I'm sure he had. uh, Following the success of his movie, the director is now eyed his next project called Wrong Answer. Right answer. Wrong answer. Right answer. No. It's wrong
0: answer. I know that. The title is wrong answer. The title of the
1: movie is wrong answer. The film will be based on a New Yorker article about the Atlanta teachers who were being threatened of a shutdown based on standardized test scores with no consideration for testing bias based on the No Child Left Behind Act. The school's principal told a journalist that his school district was putting additional pressure on teachers to pull up test scores and focused on the, quote, bottom line of passing, which resulted in a public school cheating scandal. In 2006, Tahanishi Coates, uh, who is a well known uh, uh, black journalist uh, who has written many uh, think pieces and novels, mm-hmm. uh, is writing the script. And Michael B. Jordan is attached to Starr yep. as a student or a teacher or a principal. We're not sure yet.
0: I'm not sure yet, but yeah, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler are once again teaming up. That's cool. Uh, yeah, this story sounds great. Yeah. I, I heard about this in school because I had to be in high school at the time. And they, like, my school was very adamant about uh, cheating and standardized testing because of it.
1: See, I feel like we didn't get... Like, we, of course, had standardized testing. Mm -hmm. I feel like we didn't get that lecture. Like, nobody ever said anything about, like, we're worried about us cheating. Maybe we were in this weird South Orange County bubble down here, but I don't know. Well,
0: see, because this story came shortly after the big SAT scandal oh, right. of that. 2005. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Because uh, that was something my district was involved in, right. specifically Tribuco Hills. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ask Mark about it. And I'm sure he'll tell us. Our oh. friend Mark, I'm sure he'll tell you all about that because he lived it. Yep. Uh, he would have been at, at school while that happened. But yeah, no, we were only tangentially involved. We <laughs> Nobody from our school was was involved in that. Uh, oh yeah, because we're goody-goody two shoes. I was at the school with all the rich kids, so
0: right. And I went to to public school.
1: I mean, I also went to public <laughs> school, but it was the public school with all the rich kids. Yes, unfortunately. Yes,
0: I went to public school with uh, with all of the quote unquote crime kids. Oh, uh, crime kids. Well, no, no, no I say dead. that no, I, no, I put that in quotes because whenever we played the private, like Catholic yeah. schools. Everyone would start chanting anacrime at us. <laughs> anacrime. Yeah. <laughs> Real creative, guys. Oh, super creative, yeah. Real
1: creative.
0: But yeah, also cause, just because we were like public school and yeah. so we were considered so like at-risk youth, even though even though we weren't. <laughs> right, no,
1: you guys are totally fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need to move on. Moving oh, yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yes. Anyways, right. yeah. Really sounds cool. Yeah, yeah it sounds uh, like a good... good Good for Ryan Kugler and uh, good for uh, Ta Nishi Coates, which I'm glad. Uh, I don't know if he's written a movie yet. That's pretty cool for him. Moving on.
0: I think it's a woman.
1: Ta Nishi? No, he's a guy. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. You're a woman. Alright, moving on. Hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos
0: make me go crazy?
1: Hot Cheetos make me go crazy. I know. Hot Cheetos. <laughs> I can't believe this is a story. Uh, Fox Searchlight is currently working on a film about the creation of hot cheetos yes this is news to me the true I know. story true story yeah what yeah we'll tell of richard Montenez. Montenez? no oh, yeah Montenez. son of an immigrant son of an immigrant uh becoming <laughs> son of immigrant. the janitor frito lay and coming up with the idea to create flaming hot cheetos Of course, this was an idea that would spark a billion-dollar brand and catapult him from janitor to elite corporate executive. Louis uh, Collick, a a writer, I guess, of October Sky and Letter 49, Mm -hmm. will write the script uh, along with Richard Guantanis. So this actually kind of reminds me of the story of Doritos. Do you know the story of Doritos?
0: No. Tell me the
1: story of Doritos. Yeah, I mean, I'll do the truncated Reader's Digest version. Okay. Um, Disneyland used to have a frito Lace uh sponsors hut where they sold chips okay and uh there was also some of this like chili powder stuff that was available to them and one day the guy at the thing decided hey i wonder how it would taste if we put the chili powder all over these chips and he would sell them and the the, the people would love it so it became a uh a, a sold treat at, Di- at this disneyland place and of you mean course, mean at Frito- Disneyland. <laughs> no, I mean at the place inside of Disneyland. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was called. What a Frito Lay shack or whatever. Right. Um, and then, yeah, Frito Lay saw the popularity of it, decided to market it and sell it as Doritos. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, this is uh, sounds kind of similar to that. So the janitor, I guess, decided, hey, what if these were spicy? <laughs> what if well, these were hot? What if these were so hot that I burned my mouth? Yeah. I hate Flamin' Hot Cheetos. They're the worst.
0: Except for the puffs. Flamin' Hot Puffs, I like. No, no difference. Flamin' Hot Cheetos, I'm not a fan too of. Too hot. But especially when they put the lime in there.
1: I mean, maybe a would lime would cut a little bit of the acidity, but man. With more acidity, uh, I guess. It's, yeah. But man, yeah, no, it's too hot for me. So, And of course, that leads us to our last story. Yep. Uh, which is not about snack foods. No. It's about the Oscars. Yes. Because Sunday, March 4th, is of course... Oscar night!
0: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday.
1: The nine, 80, 90th? 90th Oscars, I think, this year? Uh, whatever it is. It's the Academy Awards. And 90th. Of course, it is the biggest night for movies. We have been talking about it for a handful of weeks now, since we've got the nominations, about what we think are the major uh, hits this week in the surefire winners. Yes. Uh, but... We can probably uh, briefly go over who we think that are, are, the, are the musts. Yes. We'll have a full list of our predictions um, on date. Saturday. Yes. I will post that on the website on Saturday. You will see what both of us think. Uh, we'll take the prizes, and we will update the story on... I will update the story in, li- uh, in um, uh, real time on uh, Sunday night uh, with the winners. Yes. Uh, but for now, uh, what do we think about these major categories? Major category? Uh, <laughs> best picture. What's best your, picture. What's your call? Uh, my call is three billboards,
0: even yeah. though uh, the internet and mo- the popular trending is Shape of Water.
1: I am fully on Shape of Water train now. I was with you with three billboards until like this week. Okay. Uh, the last few days, I've been doing my own kind of research. And you saw Shape of Water? See where the pools are? No, I have not seen Shape of Water. Okay, then you have no opinion here. No, no, no. <laughs> no. My opinion is, this is not about my opinion. This uh. is... This has nothing to do with the quality of the film. I am not rating the film. What we are doing here is trying to predict which will win, not which we want to win. Yes. And yeah, I think Shape of Water has the hype. I think Shape of Water has the votes, because my worry is that the more acting-heavy movies here will cancel each other the crap out.
0: Which is funny, because that's exactly what uh, the
1: internet straw-pulling is. Yeah says, is that gonna everything's each- going
0: to cancel each other out. Call they Me By Your Name and
1: Three Billboards are going to cancel each other out because of the, the acting. Yeah, and That's my call. And so Shape of Water is going to be the one that wins out. Which is not a bad thing. See, I'm the opposite way. I think uh, Shape of
0: Water and Call Me By Name will cancel each other out because of the cinematography and because of how beautiful each
1: each look. I mean, in different ways, Yes, though. And I don't know if they're similar enough. To cancel each other out on that way. If Blade Runner twenty forty nine was nominated for, I would I would agree with your thought process. Right, but it's not. Yes. Um. So yeah, Best Picture. I think those are your two. The darkest of horses, no pun intended, is Get Out. Uh, oh, see, so yeah, I thought you were say darkest hour. It has a chance. No, <laughs> darkest hour has zero chance in hell. 0 so i I'm already counting out Lady Bird, uh, darkest F- hour, Dunkirk, F- and Phantom Thread, and Phantom Thread. Uh, because none of them have a chance. Yeah. Uh, get Out is only like, it, it, technically on, in writing doesn't have a chance either, but if everything cancels each other out, that's what we get. You know we missed one, right? The Post. The Post. I know. That's the prestigious one of the, all the prestige films, but it, it doesn't have a chance yeah. either. Well, through prestige, let's go
0: into the uh, the acting ones. because yeah, The are acting awesome ones amazing. are
1: pretty much locks.
0: Yep. So we have Frances McDormand yeah. for Best Actress. Locked. billboards. She will win. Um, we have Gary
1: Oldman, Darkest Hour. Lock, unfortunately. For best actor. For you know, wearing better, a fat better. suit. Your better performance is this year, but hey. But hey, he, won he the did Churchill.
0: Yes, also he wore the fat suit. He wore the
1: fat suit. Yes.
0: Um, supporting actor, Sam Rockwell, Three
1: Billboards. That's probably the, the most tenuous lock on here. We are pretty sure, but there is a chance that he loses. To who? Well, who are the rest of the nominees? Woody Harrelson. Three billboards.
0: F- uh, Christopher Plummer, all the money in the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> Willem Dafoe.
1: <laughs> no. The Florida Project. Oh, maybe. Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water. Yeah, if uh, if it's not Sam Rockwell, it's Willem Dafoe. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> supporting actress. <laughs> we'll
0: see. Uh, Allison Janney. Yeah, Allison Janney is you.
1: definitely the favorite. Even though it'd be really, really cool to see Laurie Metcalf kind of win. Yes. It's not going to happen. Let's see here. Uh, Best Director? That is GDT. uh, Up and down. Guillermo del Toro will win. Yep. And then Adapted Screenplay? The writing categories are the toughest categories this year.
0: I'm going to go with Call Me By Your Name.
1: I think that that's the safe choice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then uh, let's see here. Oh, best animated feature is Coco. It's Coco
1: because it's up against the Boss Baby this year, as uh, like among other things. This has there's no reason why Coco doesn't win. Right. Um. Uh, no, it's not
0: animated short. Live action short. Meh. Oh no. yeah, Yes. Best animated short film will go to Dear Basketball. You think? Because Kobe Bryant needs an Oscar. <laughs> Does he? Yeah.
1: Does he, though? Well, because
0: well, it's an animated of his letter. And if you read his letter, it literally made
1: you cry reading it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's only talk about the ones we are for sure about for this. Okay. Like I said, our full list will be on the site. Yeah. For now. I think that's pretty much everything i we on lock.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at everything else real quick. I um, think
1: cinematography is played on I think that can be a lock.
0: Uh, See, I would say that, but it's Roger Dinkins, and And should he win, Perennial Loser, this would be his first win out of 22 nominations.
1: I think it's his turn, though. It has to be. It has to be.
0: Blade Runner was beautiful to look at, and the only, like... That's the thing that movie does! Yeah. That is the thing that movie does! Let's see, it's going up against Mudbound, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water.
1: The only thing that I, the only reason why there's uh, there it would be kind of cool that if uh, Blade Runner didn't win, is if the the woman who did Mudbound won because it would be the first woman to win. Right, Rachel Morrison. That'd be cool, but it's probably Blade Runner. Yep. But yeah, uh, an original song we think our lock is. The song from The Greatest Showman. Yes. But I don't know anymore how he, confident I am.
0: You're writing you're that cocoa train. I,
1: I might be writing that cocoa train. I haven't finalized my, my picks quite yet, but mm-hmm. I'm between those two. Uh, anything else you want to highlight before we move on? Uh,
0: Yes, real briefly. Okay. The performances of who's going to be performing at oh, yeah, the yeah. Academy Awards. Good uh, good. That's actually down here.
1: Why is it all the way down here? Because I put is it in the music?
0: music and then I... I decided to
1: add a different... Got it. Okay. So, right there. Uh, so, the musical acts for this year performers include uh, Miguel, the artist, uh, singing Remember Me from Coco with uh, Gail Garcia Bernal and Natal- Nat- Natalia LaFourcade. That would be um, actual, uh, would be the actual uh, pro- actor portrayals. Right. That's cool. Yep. Mary J. Blige will perform her song Mighty River from Mudbound. Common and Andra Day will sing st- will sing Stand Up for Everything from Marshall. Swift John Stevens uh, will be singing his song Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name. Lastly, Kiela Settle, Settle? will be singing yeah, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman.
0: And then we'll go on to win the Academy Awards. <laughs> we'll All
1: right, that ends it. Yes. So tune in uh, to the Academy Awards. We will not be doing a live stream because we will be separate. Uh, during showing, but uh, we will be watching. Like I said, I will update the winners as they happen, so stay tuned. And
0: then uh, you can see how well
1: we did. I, miss, I yes. think
0: last year we missed 10. Yeah, I combined. think
1: we did a pretty pretty good job from the first half. Yes. This is typically how we do. We did yes. really good <laughs> in the first half, and then for some reason, halfway through the show, we just bail.
0: Oh, you know, because right. they go into the art design and the art yeah, trickier. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes, the stuff that breaks your Oscar brackets.
1: <laughs> yes. But that does it for movies. Let's move into television. What have you been watching this week, if anything at all? So,
0: I finally finished something that I have started uh, last month. Okay. That is um, going through How I Met Your Mother.
1: you did. I'm not sure why you did this. No one was challenging you. You weren't told at gunpoint. I'm not really sure why you did this, but you did this to yourself.
0: I did it to myself. And it's interesting uh, going back over it five years later yeah. after it ended. Uh, that show is the ultimate
1: sitcom bell curve. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> because uh, not only does it um, curve, but because <laughs> uh, because we're in a post uh, post ending world, and we know when they had like certain breaks yeah. and uh, uns- unsure uh, events, it's interesting to see the writing staff change as they go uh in, in terms of like the plot points and who's who's where at what point during the season uh but i do have to say that uh when i got to the end it felt like the show should have ended three episodes earlier yes
1: <laughs> yes it does
0: oh uh, no see uh, i'm not counting the 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 la- i'm counting the last two as one episode, because it was one-hour finale, and then part one, part two. Yeah. Because two episodes prior to that, they did the big, here's all the excess characters that we've met throughout the season. Yeah. Or throughout the series, and what they've been up to since. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes into the actual wedding uh, finale. And I feel like, oh, it should end there. But no. Then they do a final (laughs) two-part what. yeah, one a real finale. A one-hour finale that zooms by so fast that it feels like all the build-up going up to it was unnecessary. Yeah. And that seems to be the crutch of the show and why people remember ill of, of it.
1: I mean, yeah, that, that show is a good example of two things. It's a good example of a show that doesn't know when it's going to end, and so then pulls a false end that doesn't actually end the show. Mm-hmm. And it's also a good example of a show that does know when it's going to end. Because, man, do they drag it out. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah, uh, looking back at kind of that, that the whole, uh, the, the thing as a whole, man, yeah. Does it just like, it starts out not knowing what the hell it wants to be. It gets to a peak, probably around like season three or four. Yeah. And then just takes a nosedive in the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Also, for that ending, if it would have ended five minutes earlier than it, than it did, I think people would have been fine. But because they had the last five minutes where he chases after Robin. Yeah. Like, the physical chase. <laughs> that's what... Okay. That's that's the irk in the belly. Yeah. Ugh.
1: But yeah, so you did that yeah. to yourself. So Did, I did that you to watch us. anything else? Yes,
0: I did actually. Thank you for asking. Okay. Uh, I watched the Hulu uh, new series, The Looming Tower.
1: Was there a tower, and was it looming?
0: Uh, no, this is actually about the lead up to 9-11. Oh. Yes. Uh, it starts with Al- It start so the first three episodes are on Hulu, and I don't know why they just put them all up there because now I have to wait two, two or three weeks for the next two episodes. And then, like two or three weeks later, for the fin- for the finale, but uh, this, yeah, it basically chronicles uh, the FBI, uh, basically handling of Al Qaeda, mm. and how initially they were supposed to work in tangent with the CIA, but because they're two different uh, agencies and butted heads, oh. uh, that somehow along the way the misinformation and the trying to have the upper hand over the other agency, led to, essentially, Al-Qaeda planning and then succeeding its attack. Yeah. It's a really interesting uh, take. It's actually based off a book of the same name, The Living Tower. Huh. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting watch. Um, I probably wouldn't suggest watching it yet until all the episodes are up. Because I was wondering, like, when it got to the, the end of third episode, I was like, okay, all right, let's see where this goes. And then it stopped.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Because uh, it ends with the uh, Al-Qaeda bombings in Kenya and Nairobi of the American consulates there. Oh. And then you're like, whoa, well, whoa, well, wait.
1: What happens next? I, I want to see what else they do. But history. Look at a history book. I know. <laughs> we'll tell you. Uh, yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that, was on. Oh, I didn't know that existed. Just yeah. now.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, it stars Jeff Daniels as the head of the FBI. Okay. And it's... he does a good job. Uh, he brings his newsroom-esque uh, style to it. Oh, right. Yes. As in the newsroom. Yes, the newsroom. Uh,
1: anything else? Uh, let's see. Anything else? Um, well, TV's back. Yeah, everything came back because the Winter Olympics are over. We'll talk about that those in a bit.
0: Yes. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, new episodes are starting to pour into the DVR and to the, uh, queues. (laughs) Yeah. Um, other than that... Anything of note? Anything of note? Um, no, just TV's, TV's back, basically. Um, Oh, oh, yes, uh, of note, real briefly. I believe this week is, I think it might be tonight, actually, is the finale of, uh, of um, the assassination of Gianni Versace. Oh, okay. I believe that's tonight. If not, that it will be next week. Uh, they were off a week. But, yeah, I believe that is tonight is the finale. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, well, I, I have a couple things uh, to talk about. Uh, okay. We watched uh, not one, <laughs> but two episodes of AP Bio, the new uh, NBC Sitcom. I'm
0: glad you brought this up Yeah,
1: uh, we have to talk about it It is a new show Uh, It it did premiere Uh, It is on its regular night now See, Uh, see,
0: I feel I already talked about
1: this When we did the preview Yeah, well I feel like we didn't really talk about it Okay Uh, Yeah, Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that thing (sighs) It seems like that's pretty much where you are too It's the, a show that the, doesn't know what it's doing yeah. quite yet. And I feel like that there's like something in there buried under the stuff. All the grime on top of it. And then if they just wipe off some of the excess, there might be a show in there. It doesn't know if it wants to focus
0: on the student-teacher relationship or the student, or the teacher-faculty relationship. That's
1: part of the problem. Another part of the problem is, is that it goes back and forth The writers seem to be going back and forth about the tone of that show the tone is at some times Super dark because it's about this teacher who character who is a super dark guy Mm -hmm. and his brain is a one-track mind uh, thing about like getting revenge against his friend former friend and or former colleague, I guess. Yeah. And um that part of the show is kind of not great because it's very, very focused and it's awkward, and it's just it's it's just totally weird. But then when that's not happening, there's some great joke writing and there's some really solid gags. Patton it, Oswald is a delight of this tip. Pat Oswald's great in this. But another problem about this is that there are already too many characters. I don't know who to care about yet. I don't know who's going to stick around and who's just going to be, like, a character for this, like, episode. Mm -hmm. Like, I think conceptually, the idea of, oh, let's have somebody from the teacher's union, like, go at it against a principal, that is a really funny concept. But, is this a recurring character show, or is this just, like, show, tell me whether I'm supposed to get invested in this. Or am I not supposed to be invested? It, the writers seem to be all over the place right now, with what that thing is.
0: Well, I've seen I've seen this happen before because it's currently hap or currently just happened with uh, the Good Doctor, yeah. where they had first six episodes and the seventh episode they decided to bring in a new character who <laughs> is now a current, currently like consistent character. Yeah. Uh, onto the show, and they also dropped two other ones, so it's uh, really. Strange how TV is progressing when it comes to season ones.
1: Yeah. Like, premiere seasons. It seems like they want to get right into it too fast, almost. Yeah.
0: Like... Also, they try and solve problems immediately yeah. without
1: letting plots develop around them. The best sitcoms are the ones that you could base Where you quickly introduce the, the characters, and then it's just fun to watch the characters do mm-hmm. things. Those are the best sitcoms. I mean, Seinfeld, even some of those strong seasons of How I Met Your Mother were strong because it was about the characters interacting with their, each other and their surroundings, as opposed to, oh, here's this new character who waltzed into town. How will our heroes react to this new character? It's less, it needs to be less about that and more about, no, tell me why this guy is, why we care about this teacher guy. Tell me why we care about these students. Tell me why we care about this principal.
0: Well, not only well none of that, but one thing that that Friends does well is that yeah. in every Friends opening, you can even, like everyone has like a line or a joke that immediately tells you what that character is yeah. without going too in depth. Yeah. But at least it establishes, hey, like you can pick up anywhere as a fresh episode, and without even like seeing it, you know what each character is
1: about. Right. So, yeah, uh, not strong start uh, for I guess I have heard of those shows. Yeah. Uh, uh, but what is uh, strong is uh, this week will, ma- uh, this week unofficially marks the uh, season finale of season one of OKKO, OK a show I talked about on the year Urine Wrap Up Show yes. uh, quite a bit. Uh, So I'll be brief here, uh, but five episodes, or four if you're me, apparently, uh, (laughs) that wrap up the season one are now on the Cartoon Network app or streaming on On Demand, depending on your provider. They will be slowly um, uh, put up on Cartoon Network proper over the next few weeks, I believe. Um, But if you want to see all of them in one fell swoop, you can do that now. It's great. There's some really solid episodes in this block, so uh, check that out if you like cartoons. But that does it for what I've been watching. So that rolls right into sports. And, of course, we got to talk about the end of the uh, winter Olympics. They are yes, over. Yes, that
0: is exactly uh, our first topic of what we've been yes. watching.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: so, yeah, let's go right here into sports. And, yes. So uh, did you watch Clothing Ceremonies? I didn't get to. I did not either because I didn't really care at that point.
1: Well, I did, but I asked my sister and she didn't care. Yeah. She was like, oh, they're on. Okay, we haven't watched any of that. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Cool. And I was over at her house, so I didn't have control. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't watch any of it.
0: Yeah. But uh, besides closing Olympics, uh, the USA actually closed quite nicely in the end of the games. Good. Uh, women's hockey won gold. Yes. Um, Dad's trying to escape the house and made the curling team. <laughs> yes.
1: Won gold. The men's, uh, the men's curling team. <laughs> and Lindsey Vaughn Pulled it out. Won bronze. Bronze. Yeah, she did, her, she did a thing. She tried. Yeah, it turns out she's kind of old and... Well, uh, old for skiing. Yeah. I always want to make sure people say that. She's by no means old. 37. Yeah, not old at all. I thought she was only 34. Uh, 37. Oh. Regardless, that is still not old. Yeah. (laughs) Either way. But yeah, I guess old for skiing. Fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, Um, Overall, uh, the U.S. uh, came in fourth. In medal count only amassing 18 total Netherlands won by sweeping amount I think like 28 total medals Uh, second was the Olympic athletes of Russia and third I believe was Germany because of that uh, bobsledding team yep
1: because of of that bobsledding team
0: well not only that but also I think the figure skaters
1: did well for them too that's true so yeah, uh, overall, uh, what are your what are your thoughts about uh, this this trip in, around uh, the Olympic uh, rings here?
0: Uh, overall, it's gonna be remembered for two things. One is the opening ceremony of all the drones. Yeah. And
1: two is gonna be the big dick show at the half halfpipe. <laughs> yeah, the snowboarding I think overall uh, was just super memorable. All of it. Yep. Just all of the snowboarding, Chloe Kim uh sean white and uh red gerard red gerard all three of them those guys pulled that out i mean it was really really impressive uh besides that yeah kind of not a very strong year for america and thus not a really memorable year for us really we focus so much especially the nbc coverage focuses so much on the americans that's really hard to be like super excited about the other stories, but there are other stories going on. Yeah,
0: there were other stories. Um, the Frenchman Farsad, I mean, those, and those
1: really close uh, women's uh, singles uh, figure skating.
0: Right, and then also the really close um, uh, speed skating, which happened, yeah. which ended in literally photo finish of point zero 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 one right frame uh, seconds. Frank.
1: It's just like, stuff like that that a lot of people aren't going to be talking about right. uh, in the in the future about these, these games, at least here in the U.S. Sure. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, they were in Olympics. I mean, the, you got where you were coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that the, the NBC refocused, I think, actually showed sports that people care about more. They
0: mm-hmm. showed
1: a lot of curling, yeah, which I was kind of surprised about. They showed all the hockey this year, and they showed a lot more of the, like, biathlon, kind of more forgotten sports. Mm-hmm um instead of just doing non-stop figure skating, even though you also got that.
0: Yeah, but I did really enjoy um, NBC sports Network yes. out of, out of uh, between mm-hmm. the, the different channels because whenever they showed the
1: figure skating, they would shut up and let them skate. Yeah, there wasn't a lot. That being said, uh, definitely bring back uh, 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 Johnny Weir and uh, Tara, Tara what's her name? lupinski uh, uh, next time, because they made that those uh, the the figures getting watchable right. and
0: And because this is his first time hosting, we have to grade
1: Mike Tirico How yes. did he do? I think he did really good. I liked him. I thought he was always smiling and yes. always always chipper.
0: He was a very cool. friendly
1: face to to start the games. He seems like a great guy yeah.
0: Everything was always new to him. Everything was always smiling. Like There's always something to be excited about. And that's definitely good in a host. Whereas uh, Bob Costas Costas was very... This is very serious. These are very Mm -hmm. high athletic people. It's just because he's Bob
1: Costas and that's how he is.
0: Well, yeah. Because he's had a... (laughs) Tremendous career in yeah. sports journalism. He's Mr. Sports journalist.
1: Yeah, He's a, that, that that he
0: treats all the athletes with respect, whereas yeah. Mike Tirico is like, I don't know whether hey. he is doesn't
1: respect them. He's just yeah, he has more fun with it. Yeah, he has more
0: fun. He's more of a relaxed feel, which is very comforting, uh, and I think also puts all the athletes at ease whenever he interviews them. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, definitely good, good call. Good NBC call on Mike Tirico. Yeah. Uh, I, so we'll see I'll, him I'll, back. I'll, yeah, I bet. we'll see him in two years.
1: Yeah, for the summer. Yes,
0: uh, summer in 2020 in Japan, Tokyo, Tokyo, Japan.
1: Yep. So that wraps up the Olympics. Next up in sports, you have uh, Baseball Spring League has started. Can we talk about baseball kind of slowly ramping up while it is
0: happening? Yes, yes, uh, Tuesday, I believe. Actually, no, it was Monday. Uh, The first games of Spring Ball started. Spring Ball? Yep, Spring Ball. Boing, boing, boing. (laughs) <laughs> uh, spring ball has started uh, it's kids toy yes uh, either in the cactus league or the orange league <laughs> uh, both named for their respective places being florida or arizona <laughs> that makes sense yep uh, so cool yeah so um, if you like baseball so if you want to ba- baseball so already on your television yeah and if you're in cold weather and want to travel to some warmer climates and see some sports happen
1: for on the cheap you there you it. go you can totally uh, do that
0: that also being said most uh pretty much all MLB tickets are on sale now. Buy the games you want to go to now because they are cheap. Yes. More cheap than they will be when the records come out and yeah. like playoff hunts start cuz yeah. like uh we got like me and the doctor got uh Angels Dodgers tickets for face value which is like yeah. $33 in the outfield when we know they'll easily go up <laughs> to like 70.
1: Oh yeah. Those are going up.
0: Oh, yeah, because, uh, one, well, it just happens to be on Tuesday, mm-hmm. but, two... Uh, well, the clubhouse. Well, yeah. Yeah, the clubhouse. <laughs> but, two, they're, they're rivals, and because both teams are expected to be good this year, by the time they play, yeah. they should have even records. Oh, yeah, so,
1: getting, getting well, the getting's good. Yes.
0: Uh, so, yeah, uh, be sure to check out your local MLB teams uh, for uh, promotions, promotions uh, dates,
1: and any ticket promotions, you know, ticket deals that you can get. All righty. And the next thing we have, uh, wrapping up sports news, is a potentially big story about the NCAA. Uh, we talked about this a bit on the po- off the pod, uh, oh, yeah. but yes, Arizona, particularly, is I, I, in trouble. I almost
0: forgot about this story until I was thinking yeah. today. Is in trouble
1: for paying, which is a no-no in uh, uh, college sports. Paying basketball recruits. And guess who called him out? None other than the FBI.
0: And they didn't just call them out. They had official recordings because they're already investigating uh, one of the uh, lead recruits because he had jumped from, uh, from college to college to college and so they just decided to keep tabs on him because he maybe do have some uh, illegal doings. And they just happened to record him uh, talking with one of the high recruits of last year about paying $100,000 for him to sign with Arizona over other colleges. Yeah. So that triggered a big investigation by the FBI, and they're looking into 22, that's right, 22 other Division I schools across the nation in pay-to-play, which is a big no-no because... NCAA athletes do not get paid.
1: Because if they did, that would blur the line between collegiate and professional sports and they don't want to go have that talk and their students is We're, the argument. Right.
0: The, the argument is that they're still young, they're still develop they're still developing, and they can get scholarships uh, for education purposes, but they can't have external incomes or Persuaded to do yeah. stuff from uh, financial obligations, and if you're wondering why we're talking about this now, it's because uh, it's one the FBI, and two, we knew this was always going on, but now it's actually being looked at under a microscope. Uh, of course, the big the big controversy uh, back in the day was Reggie Bush, mm-hmm. and how he was paid to play at USC. Or, sorry no he was paid to sign with an agent that's what it was while he right. was at USC
1: right So yeah this is kind of the uh, what could eventually lead to the culmination of a conversation we've been having about college sports for the last like 10 years mm-hmm. it's kind of been evolving year after year of people been like debating back and forth should the students be paid? Is there backroom dealings? What is going on here? I mean, it was the stuff that led to, weirdly enough, EA not being able to make up college games anymore for yep. football. Yep. Like. Well, it goes beyond that because if you do start to pay uh,
0: right. NCAA players, is there different pay rates because different athletes bring in or different sports bring in different income? Like, should the gymnastics team? Get the same pay as the tennis team, as the yeah. football team, as the swim team, as the golf team. It's a can of worms. Yes. It's and a, that is an entire can of worms. Right. And that's a discussion the NCAA does not want to have.
1: No, not anytime soon.
0: Even though they claim themselves to be a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. the NCAA itself brings in billions of dollars each year, Yeah. especially this upcoming month.
1: <laughs> and a lot
0: of that is deals with broadcast companies, yeah, right? You're right. Yeah. And that will bring us to the final thing we'll talk about, the NCAA, and that is, of course, March Madness. March
1: Madness, it is March, so get, or tomorrow it is March, so get ready to get mad.
0: Uh, I'm gonna look, I believe that this Sunday is the, uh, Selection Sunday. Okay. Let me see here, cause, uh, I'm sorry, no, next Sunday, March 11th. Hey! Hey,
1: happy birthday, me!
0: Yes, uh, NCAA Selection Sunday is March 11th. They will seed everyone, which means that this weekend if, and uh, all next week will be the tournaments, uh, the self-divisional um, tournaments uh, yeah. determine, to determine who is the top team and then essentially like r- get a final AP ranking right uh, for everyone. Uh, so if you want to see some collegiate basketball played amongst their peers, you could say... Uh, it's this weekend. Otherwise, uh, start watching a bunch of college games and get ready for March Madness because brackets are coming. And brackets be busting. Brackets be busted. <laughs>
1: All right, I think we talked sports enough. So yeah, uh, that'll do it for sports. We'll be back next week to talk about more uh, uh, of March Madness and Madness. Uh, for now, let's go into television news. Yes. Our first story is about... The, the, the Netflix, the follow-up to Making a Murderer, so called Convicting a Murderer. That's the logical next step. Well, it is, but
0: it isn't, see? Because Netflix is already making the sequ- uh, the second season right. of Making a Murderer. Yes. This is something else. completely different. Well, it's the same case, yes. but it's something else.
1: So, this will be a uh, by documentary filmmaker Sean Reck who you have down here, uh, responsible for directing A Murder in a Park and White Boy, will share the side of the district attorney, attorney and lead investigator in the State vs. Avery case.
0: Right. That was the case uh, that Making a Murderer was uh, about.
1: Uh, Rec said to Netflix, many on the law enforcement side of the story could not or would not participate in the series which resulted in a one-sided analysis of the case. He said the Netflix documentary left out essential evidence and purposefully formed the narrative to suit their film's end goal. In response, co-director Laura Riccardi said, Of course we left out evidence. There would have been no other way of doing it. Of what was admitted, the question is, was it really significant? The secret is no. Yeah, so whenever, whenever evidence is presented into
0: trial, it's usually, especially like a murder trial, <laughs> Yeah. there's usually like a bunch
1: of it. I think this is interesting that Netflix is willing to do this because, yeah, I did see kind of a backlash over making a murderer mm-hmm. in uh, kind of the aftermath of it, where a lot of people did point out just that, where it's like, well, wait a minute, something seems weirdly biased about this thing. Right. What is the rest of the story? So, yeah, I think it's cool that Netflix is... Uh, putting their money where their mouth is and making a response show almost. An answer show if you will. Yeah. It'll
0: be interesting to see because you can watch them back to back and see the same side or two sides of the same argument. Yeah. And then just like totally mess with your mind and make your own call after that.
1: Totally make your own decision after seeing all both sides I would say. Yeah. Alright moving on to our next story uh, a depressing one. Did you know I mean, you did, of course, because you wrote this, but oh, yeah, I did. you, audience, did you know that there was a, there is a network for the NRA? The National Rifle Association has a television network. In the case you can't find it on your cable box,
0: there's a reason for
1: it. So, the National Rifle Association's online video channel is hosted by Amazon on its streaming service. That's why. Uh, online hosts talked about plots to confiscate weapons and a media plot to push a gun control agenda on the American public. You know, usual NRA bullshit. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, One whoa. recent video titled... Whoa, bless you. One recent video titled, The Media Love Mass Shootings. Oh, God. Explored how news outlets relish human tragedy as a ratings bonanza and blamed the media for creating mass murderers. Uh, the channel has 36 original series. That's a lot. Featuring nationally recognized (laughs) figures such as Oliver North and NRA spokesman Dana Loesch. Yes, who was Uh, recently in an interview
0: with uh, CNN. Ugh, that
1: lady. As a result, Hollywood (laughs) activists are calling for Amazon to drop the channel and are using a social media campaign to apply the pressure. Actors include Alyssa Milano, Allie Walker, Evan Handler, Tara Strong, voice actress, and Misha Collins. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, good so, for them. Yep. Uh,
0: so far, Amazon has not said anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Roku, uh, uh, Amazon, and I think Amazon Fire Stick. No, it was just Roku. Yeah. Uh, Roku said that they would not drop the NRA. Oh
1: geez. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Roku. Yep. Well, we'll see what Amazon does. I feel like Amazon probably will remain mum on the subject because they're enormous, and nobody can convince them at this point of anything.
0: Well, they're also looking for a new headquarters. Yeah, that also. Uh, now is not the time to
1: get controversial. Yeah. Unfortunately. Even though you would hope that they would. I almost said stick to their guns. And then I was like, nope, nope. Wrong phrase.
0: Yeah. There may be a word
1: or two in there that you
0: don't want to use. Yeah. Anyway, it's two there.
1: Moving on to our next story H.B. Oh, is having some fun at South by Southwest. Yeah, that's coming up soon. In getting ready for South by Southwest, which if you're not familiar, is a meeting of the minds when it comes to media of all sorts. It uh, is a place for uh, both film and television companies to show off new shows and movies. It is also a place for bands to perform. It's a big music festival as mm-hmm. well. Um, just basically art and culture and media and entertainment all the city of austin Austin. city austin goes crazy in south by southwest but yeah hbo specifically is getting ready by building the entire town of sweetwater for an immersive westworld experience yeah and it's cool what exactly they're going to be doing in this town so yeah various clues and easter eggs about the new season of westworld will be scattered throughout the area and where a guest goes or says could potentially lead to new revelations this is just the start of the second season hype as the new season is set to premiere on April 22nd.
0: Yes. Um, we'll have a couple uh, seasons. Uh, I'm sorry, I think Silicon Valley will be in its
1: entirety before that. And then after that, it goes into uh, Westworld. Right. They'll also be offering at South by Southwest Westworld themed lift rides and an invite only Westworld flight from Los Angeles to Austin in partnership with Delta. In addition to their upcoming spring lineup, here's what you were uh, talking about here. Yep. Uh, they have also released trailers for the comedy Barry. Yes, this one is starring
0: Bill Hader as a hitman turned actor. I've heard good things already. The trailer those. looks good. Yeah. Uh, Bill I, Hader, I mean, you can't.
1: I mean, Bill Hader's great.
0: Yes, uh, I'm excited for Barry. This looks like a sure hit.
1: Awesome. And film Paterno. Uh, which we had previously covered both on this podcast and on the website, uh, which is Al Pacino sh- uh, starring as Joe Paterno in a biopic. Right. This
0: is about the Jerry Sandusky yes. uh, child things that going on.
1: Right. And also, uh, uh, Fahrenheit 451, a uh, HBO movie uh, based on, of course, the novel, starring Michael Shannon and... Michael B. Jordan! Yay! Again. Yes. Uh, so
0: I recently uh, was reading an interview, uh, or Michael B. Jordan was doing an interview, and they asked him, Are you, uh, someone asked him, Are you related to Michael Jordan? <laughs> he said, uh, Yes, uh, I'm related to Michael A. Jordan, <laughs> who is his father. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what Michael Jordan you're thinking of. Hey, Michael Jordan. <laughs> but no, yeah, Michael A. Jordan is his father, and he's Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> if
1: he has a son, will he yeah. be Michael C. Jordan? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Alright, moving on. Yeah, Our I'm last so. story about television is about Sky TV. This, of course, is the British cable uh, um, empire right. uh, run and, by none other than uh, News Corp magnet New, uh, Rupert Murdoch. Um, but well, not anymore!
0: Rupert Murdoch is in was in the potential of purchasing
1: yeah. Sky TV. That was the last we reported that's what, on That's it. what it was. He wanted to buy them. A- Well, that's not happening because somebody got to them first. Comcast has offered $31 billion for Sky TV, threatening the plan of Murdoch's 21st Century Fox to buy out British company. There you go. Disney had already agreed to buy Sky from Fox in a separate $52 billion follow-up deal as part of their acquisition of that company. But that won't happen anymore. The move could force Fox to increase its offer or to have Disney make its own bid for the company directly. The original buyout, buyout of Fox has been held up over regu- by regulators, in case you were wondering what the status of that was, <laughs> by over concerns they would have too much influence in Britain.
0: Right. So, basically, so...
1: Which is much... Yeah, so... They would.
0: What ends up happening is that all these regulators, because they're taking up so much time... Um, it allowed NBC to basically look into it, see what they could offer, and now potentially make a bid to Let's make a Let's be real, this is smoothly. not NBC, this is Comcast. Yeah, Comcast.
1: <laughs> NBC. NBC is a very small leg of them now. I know,
0: Comcast. Yeah. The, the, the giant
1: um, cable company. Yes, they're enormous, they have money, they're spending it here. I think this makes more sense than uh, Murdoch buying it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a reason that the regulations have been dragging their feet because they don't want they don't want Murdoch. That to happen. I mean, they see what's happened over here in the U.S. with him <laughs> having control of a media
1: company. Who knew an Australian dude would be so threatening to both the American and British entertainment industries? Well, you know, <laughs> Australia started as
0: a British prison. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a revenge sure. story. That's,
1: that's <laughs> All right, that does it for television news. So that means let's move on to cancellations and renewals.
0: Cancellations.
1: Our first renewal is America's Got Talent gets renewed for a 13th season on NBC. That one is one of those rare ones that they don't do two a year. They only do one. Yeah. Uh, Superstore has been renewed for a fourth season on NBC for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> Crashing gets a third season on HBO. High Maintenance gets a third season on HBO. High Maintenance. Drunk History gets a sixth season on Comedy Central. Comedy Central also renews Corporate for a second season. Amazon boosts Lore for a second season. Ultimate Beastmaster gets a third season on Netflix. That's a good show. that's it. It's It's a fun show to watch. That's all of them. Uh, No cancellations this week. Nope. And the very, very last uh, thing we do in television is Deaths. This tele- this death actually has nothing to do with television. Uh, our one death this week is Bud Lucky, age 83, a Pixar animator who was there from the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly He's... known for being the director of the short that aired before Cars, Bounded. Yes, the, the bunny one. The bunny yeah. one. Uh,
0: or sorry, also it was the bunny one on the sheep. That's a fun one. Yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, he was also, I was reading up on him, he yeah. was also one of the lead designers in Woody's design. That makes sense.
1: I remember reading about that as well. Yep. So
0: that does it for deaths. Thank yeah, you guys. I think that's pretty much it.
1: Moving on to television, or sorry, not to television, to music. Our first, uh, first of all, have you been listening to anything?
0: Uh, yes, actually. All right. Uh, we have We have new TV or new music to talk about. Uh, specifically, two songs.
1: All right. Yes, we do. So our, uh, our uh, country crush Casey Musgraves has released uh, a couple of new singles and also news about our new album uh, called uh, The Golden Hour it will be released on the 30th of March mm-hmm. but uh, two advanced singles have been released uh, in anticipation of that date uh, yep. Butterflies and Space Cowboy That's
0: though Space Cowboy,
1: cowboy. <laughs> uh, So both are very 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 good Yeah, uh, Needless to say uh, I've listened to them both probably at least five times now. Um, they're, they're good. They're love songs, but in different ways. One is kind of more of a ballad. The other is more of kind of a poppy number. Um, mm-hmm. She's still doing what she does best, which is a good combination of modern pop country sound with classic country instrum- instrumental. Uh, she's, it's still really good at it, one of the best in the game right now. Um, and looking forward uh, with a lot of hype to this album.
0: Yes. Uh, she did recently get married so it sure. makes sense for a lot of lo- lo-
1: love songs. She's in a lovey zone right now. Yeah.
0: But that being said, uh, Kissy Musgraves is of course a favorite here on the Mutable Podcast. That's true. We'd love to have
1: her on sometime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Uh, um, yeah,
0: yes. Yeah. So uh, when that eventually does happen, I'm gonna replay this in front of her. Right. Never gonna <laughs> happen. <laughs> Never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah, anything else? Uh, I was, um, no, I didn't listen to anything new, no new albums I listened
1: to. Yeah, me no, neither. No. I mean, um, that was the only uh, song. Yeah. Uh, but that means we move into the Billboard lists, your top songs and albums in the country. Your singles list uh, didn't change too much, but I will mention that there is a, num- a new uh, song in here, so I might as well read it from the top. Your number one song in the country is still "God's Plan" by Drake. Uh, number two is still "Perfect" by Ed Sheeran. Perfect. Number three is still "Finesse" by Bruno Mars and Cardi B. Number four is still "Havana, Havana" by But well, what Cabella. brings it to the top five? Bringing it to the top five is "Look Alive" by Block Boy JB, featuring Drake. Oh, featuring Drake. You got that feats Drake, and that's why it's on this list. Yeah, because you put Drake Fine. on something, it's going to reach. It's going to go up the list. Yep. Uh, moving on to your Billboard 200, your album's chart. Your number one album is still Black Panther, the album music from and inspired by. Number Kids two, Culture 2 by Migos moves up to number two this week. The Greatest Showman soundtrack is number three. And Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle is number four. And number five, By the Way, I Forgive You by Brandy Carlisle. Yes. Oh, and uh,
0: quickly, speaking of Migos, if you had never listened to them, uh, they will be on
1: SNL this week. They will. So uh, check that out this Saturday, Uh, Migos. That does it for the Billboard. Moving on to new releases for this week. Oh,
0: yes. New releases.
1: This Friday, we have new music by Andrew W.K. with You're Not Alone, Mr. Party himself.
0: I'm I'm not alone. Do you like to party hard? I I like to job party hard. When
1: When you like to party. Do you always party hard?
0: I party all the time. Party all the time. You're not. Never mind. I know. (laughs) You
1: should should listen to some Andrew W.K. He's ridiculous. Uh, All the songs are about partying. All right. I know
0: know someone who would like that playlist. He's he's a party guy.
1: Uh, Anna Von Housewolf with Dead Magic. Joan Baez with Whistle Down the Wind. Jonathan Wilson with Rare Birds. Lucius with Nudes. Yeah. Lucy Dacus with Historian. I'll be checking that out. Uh, Moby, uh, Everything Was Beautiful and Nothing Hurt. Yep, new th- new thing by Moby. A new album by Soccer Mommy. Clean, I'll be checking that out. Sunflower Bean with 22 in blue. The Breeders with their first album in oh, forever. Uh, with all nerve. I saw The Breeders uh, live um, at um, um, F, uh, FYFS. FYFS. Uh, they did uh, Last Flash. Oh, cool. That was really, really cool. Um, <laughs> the Men... Uh, with Drift <laughs> Titus Andronicus with a productive cough I had a few of those when I was sick and Tracy <laughs> Thorne with Record I wonder what, what it is is it a record? it's a record King record yeah. alright that's it for new releases moving into music news this first one comes to you from the great white north of
0: Canada let's go to Canada
1: for a second uh, Canada's public broadcaster and Radio Canada are going through massive changes Back in 2012, massive budget cuts led the CPC to begin a policy of digitizing its collection to save sta- space and storage costs as it moved into a smaller building. However, the collection over over 200,000 CDs will be destroyed when the process is completed in 2019. In addition to the large amount of CDs, the library houses thousands of LPs and 70k 70,000 old R- 78 RPM discs, some now relatively rare, The library also houses a multitude of rare and extremely rare musical scores and books. They looked into giving away the discs, but couldn't without first verifying the copyright situation, adding that doing that for the whole collection would be far too expensive and time-consuming. I remember when we covered that, because you showed me, and I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool thing. But it wasn't meant to be. No. Uh, Some producers have said that liner notes and disc covers would be lost without the hard copies, though the liner notes are also being copied. But many rare items are likely to be lost forever. Recently, Radio Canada said it was consulting with the Library and Archives Canada about the manuscripts and books. So hope maybe still out There's there. There's hope, yeah. But I just would, it would suck if they just would have to burn all of it. You know, just get rid of all of it.
0: Or, or more like they'll just put it in the trash can and then yeah. be sent to the dump. And then it's like, well,
1: if somebody discovers this, it's not from us. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, so it would cost too much just to put it, like, in a storage yeah. locker that's to, to keep renewing that to make sure, like, it's active. Because should they have it lapse, it could be sold on Storage Wars. No, not Storage, 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 storage Wars. No, <laughs> on storage but, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's kind of
1: depressing. But. Yeah, uh,
0: we, this is a, a lot of it is uh, Canadian-based music and musicians. So send it to us. Yeah. we we'll would take everything, go to yeah, Canada we'll anyways. We
1: don't have a uh, place to put it either. So don't do that. Um, it's okay, we can bury it under our national debt. Next up, uh, who probably does have room in their collection, <laughs> is Flea, uh, the bassist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, so I looked up Flea It just gave me pictures of Fleas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it turned out. Yeah. You should you, you have to say Flea Red Hot Chili Pepper. I put Flea guitarist so yeah, yeah, Flea bassist. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, Flea, uh, musician and actor in case you didn't know who he was, uh, (laughs) wrote a nice expose on drug addiction and drug overdose for Time magazine. He goes over in the article the temptation he goes through on a daily basis and how the loss of his closest friends changed him. He also talks about opioids and painkillers and how he became depressed and lost his creative spirit while taking them. It's a quick read, and although it may not persuade the talk about addiction, it's a look into what a drug-fueled world is like. From somebody who would know.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like in the early 90s, uh, or sorry, like, yeah, early yeah. mid-90s, he was very into doing drugs and did pretty much like everyone yeah. available yeah. to him. And has since uh, quit cold turkey, who uh, went through AA. Okay. Uh, he is clean now, but, yeah. I mean, this actually comes on the one-year anniversary. It's Chris Cornell right. uh, passing, so it's, it's, a, it's a yeah. fitting.
1: It's good that he's talking about it. Uh, more of the people who kind of were around and lived um, around that kind of addiction and dealt with it themselves, yeah, I think they should speak up because I think it's important for a generation of uh, people um, in the music industry and elsewhere um, that need to maybe maybe think get a good think about uh, their, their drug use.
0: Well, it's also better than what our president said about drug use. Yeah, let's,
1: let's not talk about that. Moving on. They're, they're bad.
0: They're bad. They're bad stuff. They're bad my stuff. Hair. Yes, bad stuff. Yes, and they're
1: only sold by Bad Dudes. Yes, Bad Dudes. Yes, specifically the Bad Dudes from the NES game Bad Dudes. Yes. <laughs> where you uh, uh, you and uh, President Reagan get a cheeseburger after you rescue him from the president. <laughs> Are you a bad enough dude to rescue the president? <laughs> have you seen the intro to Bad Dudes on the NES? It's fascinating. Okay, look it up. I'm going to look that up. Anyways.
0: We're not in video games, we're in music.
1: Uh, actually, real quick, last story. Uh, actually, does kind of have to do with music.
0: Uh, We're not in the last story yet. Yeah, we are. No, we're not.
1: Spotify! Nope, we missed one. What? How is that possible? I skipped the Oscar stuff because I already talked about it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe I I glossed over the name of Smashing Pumpkins. Well, because we did (laughs) talk about this. This is just a recap. All right, so a little update on the Smashing Pumpkins reunion tour. Uh, uh, It looks like they may not have anticipated how unpopular it would be. (laughs) Um, Ticket sales aren't going very well. Uh, their hometown of Chicago is the outlier, however. Uh, it has sold out. But uh, yeah, overall though, not doing super hot. Yeah, um, the uh, tickets have been on sale for a little over a
0: week now. And um, they, most of the big stadium arenas that they have lined up are not even half full. Yeah. And that's a problem. I mean, maybe it's because the dates are, like, in the summer and fall. So they may <laughs> sell out as they get closer to those dates. Yeah. But seeing as usually, like, hardcore fans buy the, the tickets first and only half are being sold, not really a good sign. Especially because not that really. that that fan base is the core. And <laughs> also uh, with uh, Darcy Retski. Yeah, not being part of it. Not being part of it. And then speaking out. Mm-hmm. About the band, not a great look. Yeah, that also could have some influence on it too. It's just uh, Could be all sorts of things. Yeah, it's just uh, an unfortunate thing for a what was a potential comeback tour, but you know uh, things could change. Things could look up for uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. They are releasing a new album later this year, so if it's good, it could end up selling tickets. So we'll certainly see. Uh, no, this is I'm gonna. We're not going to follow this. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ooh.
1: next up, last story is about Spotify. Yeah, it's this news company. happened today. This finally happened. They've been talking about it for a while. It's going to be a thing. They have filed their IPO. They have gone public and yep. offer stock options. According to Spotify, shares have traded as high as $132.50, which would value the company over $23 billion. Ooh, that's a lot for a streaming service. Their ticker name will be Spotify. So when it goes by, you can see the spot run. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: With a reported 71 million paying subscribers, including me, uh, available in 61 countries, <laughs> look for its opera- opening evaluation to be higher than projections.
0: Yes. Uh, when Facebook opened, they were at high projections, but then, of course, they, they fell dramatically because yeah. they were uh, considered way too high. Yeah, so we'll
1: see. Something probably similar
0: happen. Yeah, uh, so as soon as it clears all the regulations of the New York Stock Exchange, you could be a part owner of uh, Spotify. Yeah. Uh, that, of course, you still have to pay for Spotify Premium if you do that. But, you know. But, as, you know. Yeah. Um, seeing as the closest competitor in terms of streaming services is Apple Music at like 30 million subscribers. They kind of have
1: a good stronghold on, on the whole game. Yeah. Speaking of games. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're done with music, and let's move into video games. Yes. So. First up. Wh- what have we been playing? Uh, Nothing.
0: Oh, uh, yes. Actually, Oh, things. yeah. You
1: played Armored
0: Warfare. Yes. For free. For free. I did it because it was free. I downloaded it because it was free. I played it for two hours because it was free. I
1: immediately uninstalled it because it was free. It was one of those great (laughs) moments where it was like, oh, like, I don't know. We were literally talking about how we didn't want to play. Like, we were like, maybe this isn't great. I don't think I'll ever touch this again. Do you think you'll play this? I'm like, no. And then it crashes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it literally crashes since us back to the menu, and that's when you're like, alright, you click delete. Yep, yep. I, like, no. I collectively, we were collectively like, yeah, this is a side. The game, just, the game just, told heard us <laughs> talking crap about it, and decided, nope, <laughs> nope, bye.
0: nope bye. Nope, 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 we're, we're done with this thing. But yeah, it's a
1: free tank game. If you like tank games, I guess check it out. It's, yeah. no, it's no, no cost, so no harm, no foul. Yeah, uh, you don't even need a
0: PlayStation Plus subscription. It's just a free game.
1: But yeah, uh, your mileage may vary, but it seems for like a pretty basic tank game. As, yeah. I was telling, uh, <coughs> as I was telling you while you were playing it, there's a reason why there's only like one or two tank levels in a Call of Duty game, because that's just about it's how much you want.
0: Yeah, how, how much you're willing to get yeah, out of the tank. like
1: ten minutes tops. Yeah. At any given time.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the second game I played was Rhyme. Yeah. It's a puzzle game. It is a puzzle game. It's I like, I like game. the following better.
1: You mean The Witness? Yes.
0: <laughs> I, I like The Witness better. It's first person and puzzles are abundance galore. And then there's all... and It's like, you have this puzzle. Now you learn from that to the next puzzle. You learn from that to the next puzzle. Whereas Ryan is, you explore and there's a puzzle. Then you explore yeah. some more and then there's a puzzle. And you explore some more and there's a puzzle. And then it's like, hey... There's a puzzle in this area. Try and find it. And I don't... I don't want that out of my puzzle games. I want it to be, hey, this is where you're supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to do. Figure it out now. Yeah. Like, now that you're here, here's the puzzles presented before you figure them out. Rather than, maybe it's this way, maybe it's that way. Because, like, when I first started the game, I didn't go in the direction that it wanted me to. Went the opposite and found, like, some extra stuff before continuing. And I was like, uh, 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 yeah. Um, so, that's basically how I feel about it. It's very, eh, eh, uh, eh. uh, uh, there, there's something here. It could be something beautiful. Yeah. Maybe if I finish the puzzles, it'll be great.
1: No, but like basically what you're saying right yeah. here is pretty much what the Games Press said when it came out. It was a lot of people being like, well, this seems alright, but I kind of don't want to play it. Yeah. It's like, kind of does one thing. It, it looks good. Yeah, it looks great.
0: It looks nice. But, yeah, the, the puzzles are few and far between to where it doesn't really keep attention yeah. very well.
1: That, that checks out. Yeah,
0: and that's pretty much the review of, of Ryan. Right. But, so, but, yeah, that's free for PlayStation Plus. So check and, that out if you want to. Yeah, and just real briefly, uh, as we're mentioning PlayStation Plus, they've changed their policy on Yay. free games. A little bit. Yeah, uh, so this is not, I didn't put this down as a news story, but it was news today that starting next month for the month of March, they will be discontinuing, uh, or sorry, they will be no longer offering free PlayStation 3 and PlayStation PlayStation Vita Vita games, which means instead of getting six games a month, you'll now just get two for the PlayStation 4.
1: And your March PS4 games will be Bloodborne and Ratchet & Clank. Yep.
0: So get ready. Yeah, all right. Uh, that, that, so, but, uh, so that us to new releases, then. Yes, it
1: does. And I want to note something about your new releases. So you get these for Metacritic, right? Yeah. So they are, for some reason, a week behind the Giant Bomb list that I grab from. Okay. So all the ones that are on here, I literally put up last Friday on my Okay, so always we'll, so we'll get from Giant Bomb. So maybe one. you should, mm-hmm. uh, because they have, like, those are the ones that I'm going off of. All right, I'll do that. But in case you missed it from last week, uh, these are games you can get now. Uh, Perfect Angle on your PS4, Bulb Boy on your PS4, Bridge Constructor Portal, which is a Bridge Constructor game with graphics and elements from Portal for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch, so this is the only thing uh, Portal-wise you can get on a Switch. The Story Goes On on Xbox One, Mulaka on Xbox One and uh, Switch, Totes the Goat (laughs) on Switch, and A Normal Lost Phone on Switch. Alright, so that's new releases. Moving on to video game news. Our first story has to do with The Hawkster. Yep. A.K.A. Mr. Tony Hawk, skateboarder extraordinaire. Uh, So, as you know, Activision owns the licensing rights for the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series. The once great, now uh, series of (laughs) skateboarding games. The man himself, however, is no longer working with the publisher. He has completely cut ties with Activision after their deal went through. Like their deal was over after um for uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Care five, which was the last game. Yeah. That's right. The uh, twenty fifteen reboot that wasn't and nobody cared. Yep. Uh so yes. I, I believe
0: there was a peripheral board you could No, use you're thinking
1: get. about Tony Ho- Tony Ro- Tony Hawk ride. Okay, that's what I which that was know. prior to that.
0: Alright, that's what I think. The twenty
1: ten ish. But yeah, um he confirmed that he's no longer working with them in um, responding to constant fans asking for remasters or complaining about the current games and uh, servers being shut down. The original developer, Neversoft, closed its doors in 2014, resulting in RoboMoto being the company behind Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 in 2015. Mr. Hawk is currently making a documentary, though. This is news to me, and I think this actually sounds awesome. Yeah. About the series of games, about the Tony Ox Pro Skater games called Pretending I'm a Superman. Yeah. Uh, which is now in post production. He has previously hinted that he's working on a new game, but without actors. Right. Which is probably a good thing.
0: Yeah. So we'll see what happens with
1: that. Um, the Dark sounds fun. Yeah. That would be really cool. There aren't enough. There aren't a whole lot of video game documentaries, and of course the reason is, is because these studios are very secretive Mm -hmm. about what information they get out, but because most of the studios that made Tony Hawk's Pro Skaters are now defunct, there's probably plenty of people who can tell that story, and that'd be a really fascinating story to tell.
0: Yeah, Uh, also uh, Tony Hawk said that if he had access to not only create... Uh, remasters for uh, his games yeah, and yeah. had licenses for he it. Would do it but he, he would doesn't. definitely do it.
1: No, Activision has that stuff locked down and they did try to, re- uh, to remaster Tony Ox Pro Skater 1 but it was terrible! <laughs> uh, so yeah, don't play that version. It's bad. Alright, that's uh, that story. Next up, follow up on a continuing story. The ESRP About the ASRB and loot boxes. The ratings board finally spoke out again about in-game purchases and loot boxes. Uh, They say that they have been listening and absorbing tweets, emails, and Facebook posts about the matter and trying to develop a sensible approach. Here's what they are going to do. They will start assigning a new label to physical games that will appear on boxes and wherever those games can be downloaded. For all games, they offer the ability to purchase digital goods with real world currency. This includes bonus levels, skins, prize items, music, virtual coins, anything else that would cost extra real-life money that is not included in the game. So this also includes subscriptions, season passes, and money to disable ads in mobile games. Yep. They are also launching a new website called ParentalTools.org to help raise awareness that, students, that parents can use to manage the amount of time or money kids spend playing games. So my question... Do you think this is enough? It's definitely a step
0: in the right direction without yeah. Congress getting involved, uh-huh. uh, without any actual laws being inactive, and the ESP is basically self-governing. Mm-hmm. Is it enough to deter publishers from still including this thing? No. No. Will uh, this still be a thing for a
1: couple of years to come? Yeah. Oh, definitely, for sure. I think this is a halfway step, because yeah. what they didn't do here is anything about the addictive nature of loot boxes. Yes. They aren't posting um, specifically that there are loot, loot boxes in, in the game, which is kind of the whole point. Uh, uh, well, they will be. If there are, but but not specifically called out here yeah. is what I want to note. Uh, and two, also something that they're failing to do here is the percentages for, uh, for loot drops, right. which is something that we thought was a given. And right. they're not doing
0: it. Uh, Riot Games mm-hmm. actually came out and said they would be pre- publishing their drop for League of Legends. Right. Cool. That's but uh, they're the only ones so far that have come out for
1: it. So, yeah. I you're... believe
0: Steam is currently working on putting that figure into theirs.
1: Yeah. I want to say that they. I
0: think I read somewhere that, that they're looking into doing it. that. Uh, putting uh, the uh, percentage rates.
1: So yeah, there's a chance that maybe maybe there's still more to come here, but um, in my opinion, it's just they're doing the least they can do, <laughs> and there's a little bit more uh, that they could they could do if they wanted to. Moving on to Rhode Island, everybody's favorite small ass state. Rhode Island Republican Robert Nardillo Nardolillo Robert. III. Robert III uh, has introduced legislation to increase mental health and counseling resources in schools by bum 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 implementing a tax on video games rated mature mature or higher. Yeah, there is evidence, he says, that children exposed to violent video games at a young age tend to act more aggressively than those who are not. That's how he sounds like in my brain. <laughs> Uh, Since states cannot ban the sale of certain video games to minors, the proposal will allocate money to counteract the aggression they may cause. It would be a 10% sales tax to video games sold in the state, and revenue generated would then be placed in a special account for school districts to use to pay for counseling, mental health programs, and other conflict resolution activities. Quote, By offering children resources to manage kids' aggression today, we can ensure a more peaceful tomorrow. Yeah.
0: And here's the weird thing about <laughs> this is that, like, uh, if you're a video game seller, you're not supposed to sell M-rated and adult-only yeah. games to kids. This is yet, the problem with this. Yet, they're charging those people who buy them extra, an ex- a tax on it, to pay for kids who would get
1: those games. Yeah. Or, those types of games. That is the problem with this: is that it's, it, the, the the industry already self regulates, right? For that part, they already aren't selling uh, mature games to minors, or at least they shouldn't be. It is then the parents' discretion whether their kids get to play that game. So why right, punish the up. kids for a decision that the the parents are making? Right. It doesn't make any sense. The, the parents make that call. So aren't right. you punishing? The, right. The parents are <laughs> buying that. So I mean, it's it's a weird those it's games. a weird tax. But, I mean, if it is going to a cause like this, then fine. Like, I mean, it is, those are important pro- projects to promote. Um, well, but yeah, I think they're just going after it in a weird weird way. Well, also, how many, how many mature rated games are there actually out there right now? Actually a lot. Yeah, I know. Like, the, that's the thing about the last ten years. Most of the, the super popular games outside of Nintendo are m rated titles. The exceptions are probably the uh, Uncharted games. And Last traditionally of Us. T. Uh, the Last of Us was definitely inrated. Okay. Uh, the Uncharted games are traditionally rated T. Right. But other than that, the major selling franchises uh, as of late, besides from Mario's and Zelda's of the world, have largely been rated. So mm-hmm. it makes some sense. Okay. Uh, that being said, yeah, I think they're going after after this tax a little weird and wonky. Uh, there are better ways to do this. And also, we're not going to go ho- go get into it about the, the question about whether uh, uh, kids are affected by uh, violence. In yeah, that games. was the
0: other thing that he said that kind of irked me.
1: Well, that... it's, 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 it's an issue that's been debated for years and years and years. There's a oh, lot yeah. of books about it, including one that I own uh, called Grand Theft Childhood. Yes. It was, um, uh, it's a very misleading name <laughs> because you think it's going to be one of those, oh... Yeah, no, the studies show that they are violent and makes kids terrible. But the crazy thing about that book is that they actually find the opposite. <laughs> it's a fascinating book because it's by, by researchers who went in thinking that they knew what was going to happen yeah. ended up having their minds changed by the studies that they did. It's a fascinating book. I recommend it. Uh, so check that out if you're interested in the, in the subject of violence and its effect on young minds. Moving on.
0: <clears throat> To our final story of the night.
1: Final story of the night has to do with Blizzard's Warcraft. Uh, Specifically, Warcraft 3. It's attached to Warcraft 3, which is weird to have a story about this in 2018. Yeah. But you'll see. Because they're throwing the first Warcraft 3 Invitational. The past two days hosted a stream of special events, including Free For All, 4v4, and other friendly competitions. Well-known Warcraft competitors from around the world gathered at Blizzard HQ down the street uh, to showcase their talents and try out the new challenge changes for themselves. These players came from Germany, Russia, South Korea, and the Netherlands to play Warcraft 3.
0: Yeah, and these aren't some like like streamers that people watch. These are like the top tier of yeah. the top tier Warcraft. People have been playing for years. Like they got some guys who like weren't playing for like five years. But had like maxed out their levels, and like people were, like when streaming the game was first getting popular, like yeah. they were the guys you would watch to know how to not only accomplish tasks but also like level up your character. So it's cool that they were to pull them out of the woodwork and get basically gather them because no one from the U.S. is no. what, what was uh, surprising <laughs> that that there was there were no U.S. players. They were all international players uh, gathering here to huh. do a
1: basically a Warcraft expose, you could say. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, so that happened. Uh, no news on a new Warcraft though, so don't get too excited.
0: No, but just a Warcraft update. Uh, no expansion either. I believe most of that focus has been switched over to Overwatch for yeah. good
1: reason. Yeah, <laughs> probably. All right, that does it for video games, and that does it for the Media Boat podcast. Oh, we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're oh, done. Believe it or not. We're so, done. Uh, if you liked what you hear, and I'm sure you do. Uh, we are back every Wednesday night live on YouTube. Just search Media Boat Podcast, you'll find our live stream, eight p.m. Pacific Wednesday night, right here. If you want to hear our audio version of our podcast, as well as our brand new Pixar Madness series for the Munch of March, month, for the Munch of March, Munch of March, March, for Munchy March, <laughs> uh, you can get that on Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast services. Just search for Media Boat Podcast. If you want to read uh, stuff that we write about news, reviews, and features such as box office numbers and new releases every Friday, go visit MediaBoatPodcast.com If you want to help us out, which would be the best possible thing you could do for us, go to Patreon.com slash MediaBoat where you can help us out with money, donate as little as a dollar a month, and you'll become part of an exclusive club of our patrons and uh, help us make... Content even better than this. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Twitter at MediaBoatCast. We're on Facebook, search MediaBoat Podcast, find our page, like it. You can also find us on Twitch.tv whenever we get around to streaming video games. Twitch.tv uh, slash MediaBoat.
0: That's a bit of a problem right now. Yeah,
1: it is kind of. Uh, so yeah. Uh, if you uh, want to know more, uh, if you have any questions for us, I never mentioned this, if you have any questions for us, you can email us. MediaVotePodcast at gmail.com is your direct link to us. So send us some question if you have one. We'll mention that uh, website every 100 episodes or so. Yeah, every 100 every <laughs> episodes or so. All right, we'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, have a good weekend. Enjoy your Oscar Sunday.
0: Yep, uh, yep, Oscars. We'll, we'll be back with a recap of the Oscars. We're going to... Coco was robbed! I'll say it now. Calm yourself.
1: <laughs>
0: Alright, bye guys. Yeah, okay. Yep, bye. See ya. Okay, bye bye. <laughs>